Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 1.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. It is 136 in Edmonton. Quickly, just before we go to the one and only uh, Reed Wilkins, to the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. Um, not skating today. The only player that didn't skate at Oilers practice again. The practices are closed right now. Uh, they were over at the Twiller Rec Center earlier today based on the uh, photo that the uh, Oilers PR team put out. Uh, not skating today. Riley Sheehan, Gaetan Haas took his spot in the lineup. Here's Brendan Escott with the rest of the Oilers now injury report. Hurricanes defenseman Dougie Hamilton still unfit to practice according to Rod Brendamore. He has not skated since leaving last Wednesday's Wednesday's practice early. Uh, We told you earlier, Blackhawks goaltender Corey Crawford joined the team on the weekend after missing nearly all of camp and now we know he uh, had tested positive for COVID-19. Lightning captain Steven Stamkos dealing with a lower body issue will not play in Wednesday's exhibition against the Panthers although John Cooper does expect him to be ready for the East's round robin. Elsewhere, Sidney Crosby optimistic he will be in the lineup for the Pens tune-up game against Philly tomorrow. And Capitals rookie netminder Ilya Samsonov injured prior to Phase 3 was left off of the bubble roster after missing all of their camp. So Phoenix Copley is likely to slide in behind Braden Holtby. We bring aboard inside uh, sports. Reed Wilkins, part of the Oilers uh, radio network. We're going to be having... uh, uh, things are going to be picking up here, Reed, and hopefully they go for as long as they can. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? How are you doing? 
Yeah, I'm doing well, Bob. Yeah, it's it's great to get back to broadcasting games, and we're going to have a ton of stuff for people diving in tomorrow. The game's at 8.30. The face-off show will start at 6, and then obviously uh, 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. for the face-off show and the game time on Saturday. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, Bob, because uh, Steve Mayer, the chief content officer for the NHL, is going to come on the show, and he's been, he's been really interesting to listen to over the last couple of weeks about setting up the the hub in, in Edmonton and about getting Rod place ready for broadcast he's been with the nhl about five years worked in in television and movie production before this so i want to get to know his background a little bit as well and today we are on a broadcast uh, conference call just about some of the details of getting the games on the tube and on the radio and he for his portion of the meeting he turned his phone around and walked through the bubble from Sutton Place all the way to Rogers Place to give non-Edmontonians on the call, which was almost everybody, uh, a sense of, of how they're moving around downtown Edmonton and how it's set up. And even he went into Fort Hall where some players were, were getting tested. So it was cool to get uh, a shot inside the bubble because, of course, most of us won't get inside there. So it was pretty neat. Well, again, I mean, uh, you know, we like to be informed. That's part of what we do. And sometimes we don't have all the answers. And there's nothing I hate more than guys that try to bluff and pretend they know more than they really do. And, uh, you know, when it comes to this, that's why I referenced the piece written uh, today by Mike Russo. uh, Because to be frank with you, I I didn't have all that information until I read the piece. I thought it was brilliantly done. Obviously, the Minnesota Wild came through and provided Mike with uh, a lot of perspective and gave us a bit of a sense as well. And uh, this is going to be an intriguing. Uh, time and it's uh, just before we get to how our setup's going to be uh, working and all that kind of stuff. Reed, uh, you uh, you know you were down there uh, a week ago, uh, Saturday and Sunday. There were some moments on that uh, Saturday practice a week ago where uh, there were some how do you do moments with Philip Broberg out on the ice, even from guys that he was playing against. Uh, some hoots and hollers after a couple plays. Uh, you were there again on Wednesday night with us, and then of course we broadcast the game Saturday, four scrimmages. And I know we just had Ken Holland on and. Uh, a general manager always wants to be cautiously optimistic, but it would have. Is it fair to say, based on what you saw, that it would be almost impossible not to be impressed? by what we saw at Broberg over the course of those four, four scrimmages. <laughs> yeah, it would be impossible not to be impressed. And really right from uh, right from the, the first couple of days of, of training camp, Bob, uh, and here's the thing. I mean, we talk about it all the time with hockey players or, or we'll get calls from listeners after a game or on our talk shows and, well, what do you think of this guy? And sometimes we'll just say, well, I didn't notice him. I mean, maybe he didn't make a mistake, which is fine, but but I didn't notice him. But the great thing about Broberg was almost every time, in, in, at some point in each of the scrimmages, especially, uh, like you said, last weekend, uh, Wednesday night, and, and then this past Saturday for the Colby Cave Memorial Fund scrimmage, you noticed him. He, he can move well. He He's more physical than I thought he would be. Now, it wasn't. I mean, the games had some good tempo and a little bit of physicality. It wasn't full-on body checking like I, th- I think it would be if you're playing guys that aren't your teammates. But he, but he stepped up and made some good checks. And he didn't he didn't just get offensive opportunities. He finished. I mean, that one game he had a couple of goals. He uh, he scored again on on Saturday, taking a puck in down the left side and, and flicking a shot home. So look, I, I'm very optimistic about him after seeing him. I, I I do have to temper that because. 
you know, it was still against teammates and he hasn't played in the NHL. Sure. And and you don't want to throw him into a situation he's not familiar with. But but he certainly, I, I mean, would, do you want to send him back to Sweden next year or, or do you want to have him available to Edmonton, even if that means um, starting out in the minors? I mean, he doesn't look he, like he to me, if I if I had if I if I had known nothing about the Oilers and how old players were and who was drafted when. I, I would certainly think he was an older, more experienced player than Evan Bouchard. And I'm not saying Bouchard played poorly. I'm just saying that's how much Bro- Broberg stood out to me. He looked like one of their top four defensemen in those four scrimmages. Not like a guy that's going to be sitting probably in the 8-9 hole to start off here as we were in the bubble. And, uh, you know, I can recall there were some questions uh, even uh, even when the Oilers drafted Broberg last year on the, on the Friday night with Ken Holland, and, you know, I, I saw Broberg. Did, how many times did you see him during the the Holinka? Because I saw Sweden play twice. So, um, and I I actually had uh, Todd McClellan was still a coach of the team at the time. I remember Todd saying that kid from Sweden that that defenseman's going to be. I mean that guy can skate. And um, I just I, I just remember that. Here, and, and here's 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 part of the thing read like the numbers weren't there right this season. They weren't there in the Swedish Hockey League. You, you people watch the World Juniors. We have a really plugged in fan base at Edmonton. We got a lot of guys that uh, are on it analytically and all those other sort of things. And he, the numbers weren't there. And you're like, well, okay, so what's the deal? You know, and then you watch him for Sweden. And as Ken Holland addressed, I mean, he played on their shutdown pairing because Sweden, let's not forget, Reed, every year they have six defensemen that are usually first round picks on defense or five first rounders and one second rounder. And so it's a 19 year old defenseman's tournament. And he's a young guy as an 18 year old. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. So it's it it is uh, interesting. The other thing I'll say, Reed, to me, this what we saw over the last two weeks is is a better evaluator than what we see. Like we go to rookie tournaments, Reed and Penticton, and I'm, who was what was the name of the Russian guy the one year? Do you remember the name of that? Takachev was that yeah. him? Yeah, something along that. Anyways, Kachev. Uh, right? Like, I remember watching Nikolai Ehlers from when, when and when Nikolai Ehlers is a legit top six NHL player, but he looked unbelievable in that tournament. He's, he's uh, probably, yeah, if I were to, he was the, probably the best performance I'd seen at that tournament. Now, granted, McDavid only wound up playing one game the year he was there, but Ehlers Dreis, was crazy I mean, good the year he was there. Dreisaitl was pretty good in 2014. And, yep. and, and, and then in, tw- uh, in 2015, he had to, he had to play a lot. Uh, so he played all three games in 2015. Actually, if I recall, Dreisaitl played like nine straight games that he could have possibly played for. I, I guess the point in this is we come back from like that rookie tournament and you, and you, you can be high on guys and, and go, well, okay, cautious optimism here. You're not playing with the big boys. But in this situation, Reed, guys really, these are the best 28 skaters the winners have. So, so that's what made it interesting. What did you, so, so, you know, with Broberg, Ken said it, they're going to take their time. What did you think of Evan Bouchard over the course of the last week? Uh, I, th- I thought he was okay. Um, I, I, he, he had some good moments. I, I th- you know, I, again, Bob, I, I would, I would hesitate to say he super stood out for me personally. And I assume yeah. you were talking about him earlier. So I, I didn't hear what you said. So if I'm grossly contradicting you, I guess we'll, we'll live I'll with that. But face. yeah, but uh, if we ever see each other again, well, I guess a little bit now, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't like, I, I he, Bouchard to me, 
played a, a pretty quiet game, which isn't always too bad. Um, you know, he went back and he got the puck and, and they're concerned about, not not concerned necessarily, but they wanted him to work on that. And uh, I, I thought he did a decent job passing the puck uh, out of his zone. I, I There were maybe a couple little flashes offensively, but again, not as much as maybe you'd be hoping for at this point. And right. I guess it was Broberg who was who was making a lot of those rushes and making a lot of those plays. And I mean, again, that's why I referenced I, I, that Broberg seemed like the more experienced prospect than Bouchard, just because he he went for it, and, and clearly he skates better than well, maybe any Oilers defenseman at this point, right? So that that really helped them stand. I, I thought Bouchard was okay, and I'm not I'm not knocking on him or thinking he's not going to be a prospect because I still think there's a, a very important player there, even if he becomes what Justin Schultz could have been, like a, a right shot power play guy who doesn't have to play the top pairing minutes or play against the other team's best players when it comes to five on five, which is the role, you know, Schultz was thrust in um, because there wasn't really anybody else to do it. I mean, I think if Bouchard winds up being that guy, um, that's still pretty important. Yeah. And I see with Bouchard, a guy at six foot two capable uh, of engaging and stopping cycles and those sort of things. And that was a challenge at times for Justin Schultz, who obviously was limited because he had a past-the-prime Nick Schultz and a past-his-prime Andrew Ference to ride you know, with them as left-shot guys in a top-four role, often in a top-two role. And- well, right, and that, and that changes everything, right? If, if guys are, are slotted in more appropriately or you know, the younger players are sheltered a little bit or, or have guys who are at the, in the peak of their career as their partners, right? I mean, that, Reed, that's that could beauty. change everything. That's- that's the beauty of the situation for Edmonton. Yeah. Is they don't have to rush Broberg. They don't have to rush Bouchard. It's entirely possible in three years from now, we are talking about the guys that actually are the Oilers' top pairing defense. And one guy's 6'3, one guy's 6'2, one guy transports it, that's Broberg. One guy transitions it, that's Bouchard. Uh, Ethan Bear, for me, the best of the Oilers' veteran defensemen, agree or disagree? I would say yes. You're quickly grouping him as a veteran defense today, but but yeah, I guess he played the full year. I, I still thought Clefbaum played well. I, I mean, you know what Oscar is going to do. I, I think the expectations and the ceiling is a little higher for him. I, I, I still thought Clefbaum did well. Did you know? Did made all the little plays. Joined the rush when he had to. You know, got his shot off. I, I still think Clefbaum was Clefbaum, but. I think the point about Bear Bob is we continue to see the plays he can make, the, the little passes to start getting the puck out when he's below the hash marks in his own end. And he's spinning away from contact, delaying to make a pass, finding a forward down low to help out. To me, that's Bear's strength. And, and often the, the thing a lot of young players struggle with is all of a sudden when they lose that extra half second they had in junior or the minors, they can't make the pass. Bear has been able to make the pass, and I, I would agree in in that he 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 was pretty good. He was pretty solid. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Works the puck out, and then obviously as when he did that too, jumping in. And I can't remember the the uh, I think it was one of the earlier scrimmages. He jumped Wednesday. in, took a pass. Wednesday took the pass on the uh, faceoff dot and was able to wrist it, which we've seen him get that opportunity sure. a few times in the regular season. Yeah, I thought he was. He's become pretty reliable. You know, like that's the thing about Barry. You you, you we're already at the point with him where I think you know what you're going to get each game, which is yeah. important, right? Coaches like that. 
Yeah, no, they. You know what? They, it, with Clefbaum and Larson, uh, Nurse and Bear, they've got Broberg and Bouchard coming. We haven't even talked about Jones, who uh, I thought had a more authoritative performance on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Benning is a reliable third pairing guy. Um, it's going to be an interesting contract to negotiate moving forward because he's a restricted free agent. Uh, but you know the Oilers have got some depth in the fence. Yamamoto's arrival gives them four forwards that can contribute offensively. They got two of the best players in the world. They're headed a certain direction here. Uh, a week out, what's your gut feel on the matchup? Final question against Chicago. How are you feeling about this matchup against the Hawks? Well, I still feel good about it. And, and look, I don't want that to come across as being cocky, but I, I think you have to favor the Oilers. I mean, they are playing the weakest team in the Western Conference draw that you know, traded away a couple of players uh, at the deadline because they didn't think that they were going to be playing these types of uh, of games. I think Edmonton, you know, obviously they have Kane and, and Taves who are experienced, a couple other forwards up front that can hurt you. I, I don't think that, uh, you know, their bottom six scares me very much. And, and I do think the Oilers' defense is probably a little deeper than what Chicago has at this point. Crawford's uh, a wild card, especially given now he's bouncing back from COVID. But I, I, th- I think you have to favor Edmonton. And another, another thing I've talked about for the last couple of weeks, even longer, is... And, and I know some of Chicago's older players got rested throughout this too, but just having Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, fresh, Clefbaum fresh, a little more time for him to rest after all the minutes he plays. I think if Edmonton goes out there and asserts itself and doesn't get frustrated maybe if, if, if things don't go there early, I, I, I think they're going to be fine. Reid, what do you got coming tonight on Inside Sports? Bob, can I just mention one other quick quick thing here? Because I know this is something that, that we've been asked about. I was just on this broadcast call with the National Hockey League. It is going to be 88 minutes between games. Because I know a lot of listeners have asked me, well, what if a, one of the playoff games goes to overtime? How does that delay everything? It'll be 88 minutes between games. 66 to clean the ice, make sure it sets, uh, and then they come out for a warm-up, and then there's another 20 minutes between the warm-up and the game. So that's how late it could be pushed back if uh, if a game goes into overtime. Uh, we'll have uh, the latest uh, from uh, the Oilers today, a little bit from Dave Tippett and a couple of players. And uh, Chris Sheets, he's at, he's at it again, Bob. He's driving a Zamboni down the highway, so i got to find out what's going on. Great. Thanks, Reed. Okay, see ya. It is 152 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is uh, Oilers Now. I do want to tell you there's an old saying in the cars business. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They will provide you with outstanding service at the time of purchase, and they'll continue that standard of service after the sale as well. Brent Ridge Ford is uh, taking care of all those unique needs that we're dealing with right now during this challenging time that is known as COVID. Uh, you can go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny. Those are the three guys that I'm going to tell you to go see at Brentridge because they're Oilers fans. They got a couple of Flames uh, fans that work in their uh, shop as well, but we don't talk about those guys. Uh, again, you can reach Brentridge Ford at one 877 or go online at brentridge.com. Tell them Oilers now sent you. And we go into this day in Oilers history. Oh, I remember this guy. Man, the impact this guy made back in uh, the mid-2000s. What do you got, Brendan? 
Back in 1981, former Oiler Chris Kalanos is born in Calgary, Alberta. He failed to score a point in his only six games for the team back in 05-06, but the 19th overall selection from the 2000 draft out of the league for three years are resurfacing for 21 games with the Minnesota Wild in 08-09. He, you know what, he had some skill and ability. I think the perception was Kalanos was a little soft uh, in terms of you know, not being a guy that was prepared. There was, there was some injury challenges challenges there but there is no question uh oh who's the other guy from calgary back around his it might have been adrian foster who's a new jersey devils first round pick as well uh there was a belief that those guys that both had chances to be pretty good nhl players just never ultimately came to fruition again reed wilkins tonight on inside sports from six until eight p.m mark specter will join us on the tuesday edition of oilers now for Horse Racing Alberta, who present live racing each Friday and Sunday evening to comply with AHS regulations. No spectators allowed in quite yet, but you can go online to hbibet.com to watch and wager. Brendan, thank you for all your help today. Special thanks to Oilers General Manager Ken Holland. And again, how long, uh, Brendan, before you'll have that interview up on the podcast version? It's already done. Sure glad you can do it. I can't. Uh, thank you to everybody that participated in the interactive elements to our show today. Off to a global news weather traffic update with David Bowles, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet.